Welcome to the VA Tourism Podcast. I'm Coach Benton Williams. The VA Tourism Podcast is dedicated to Africa's travel and tourism industry, where leaders from the private and public sectors get to talk to us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. My episode today is an exclusive chat with Zambia's Minister of Tourism and Arts, Rodney Sikumba. In our conversation during the recently held inaugural Travel and Tourism Education Summit in Lusaka, the Minister said Zambia is positioning itself in the region as a center of excellence in tourism education, as well as incentivizing the private sector to create more jobs and wealth. So welcome to the Tourism Podcast, and we are in Lusaka, Zambia, and to be attending the inaugural uh, Travel, Hospitality, and Tourism Education Summit here, and I have the Minister of Tourism and Arts, Honorable Rudney Sukumba. Good morning, Minister. Good afternoon, Minister. Good afternoon, Koja. Thank you for having me on your show. Okay. Now, uh, can you tell us the objective of this event? Well, um, for starters, again, like I mentioned, thank you very much for uh, inviting me to this interview and also to welcome you back to Zambia. I think Zambia should now become your second home, if not becoming your first home in, in, in future. So what we've been trying to do is, is to ensuring that what we are showcasing today, the Travel Hospitality and Tourism uh, Summit, is, is one of the pillars that we want to achieve or rather to drive as a sector that will be able to be to form part of the moving parts of our jigsaw puzzle. Now, why am I calling it a jigsaw puzzle? Is because what we're trying to achieve as Zambia is a destination. Yes, there are various players within the market who build hotels. Yes, there are various players who've got car rentals. Yes, there are various players who've got restaurants and the like. But what we realize is that there was no coordination to that factor. And without the coordination itself, we also saw that the sector itself did not have the requisite manpower to actually speak to that. Yes, Rodney can drive a car today, but do I have the passion to actually receive a tourist as a driver? No. So we actually realized that we had the skills gap in the hospitality sector. Now, people have actually said, and I totally agree with them, the hospitality sector is not just about the hotel. No. Hospitality sector cuts across the service, cuts across front office, cuts across uh, law enforcement, cuts across everybody else. So this is where we felt that having to interface, having to understand who the focal points are at every vertical, who the person who deals with the tourists, be it local or international, should be able to now speak the tourism language. And that's how you get to create a destination. Over and above having the, 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 the requisite accommodation as well as uh, activities that they get to do. So what we identified now in Zambia is how best can we now create a center of excellence in Zambia for the region. And, and, and we've actually done uh, our math, we've done our, uh, our own internal uh, analysis, and we realized that, yes, indeed, one out of ten jobs created across the world today is in tourism. So that becomes a job-rich sector. And if you find that job-rich sector, it speaks to our agenda as a UPND government by President Nagaine Chinema on having to create jobs, jobs, and more jobs. How do we create more jobs? By making sure that the private sector is ready to take the driving seat. That's number one. Number two, 
incentivize the private sector so that they get to employ more people. Remember, government can only employ so many people at any given time. But if the private sector is thriving, they should be able to now get as many people as they can employ. Because now we're grappling at getting 1.5 million international arrivals now. That's a small number compared within the region. Now, and that should actually translate into revenue. Today, we've been struggling to get into one point something billion dollar uh, revenue as, as Zambia. But we've got other countries in the region which are soaring at about $2 billion, $3 billion revenue. Is this that we're not accounting for it properly? Or maybe we're not getting the right tourists to come and spend money? Those are some of the things that we're looking into. And that can only be done. You can only make somebody stay if the service that they receive is commensurate with the amount of money that they're spending. So, which for us has become very key. We want to create Zambia, that destination where people would actually speak, start talking about. Talking about in the sense that if you want to have the best experience, because we'll showcase our food, go to Zambia. We'll showcase our nightlife, go to Zambia. We'll showcase our service, go to Zambia. We need to be a reference point. And that is exactly what we're trying to achieve. With this particular summit that we have, the inaugural summit, with the assistance and the support that we've been getting from the UNWTO, the Secretary General's office, through the Africa uh, Region Director, Ms. Elsia Grandcourt, we're very excited. And, and I can safely tell you that the coordination that has been happening between the various ministers which interface uh, tourism, or rather education, uh, beg your pardon, is something that has excited me. And, and you will be able to see that the, 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 the amount of trains, the amount of support, the amount of uh, latitude we're going to get out of this particular summit is something that will be able to bear fruit in no time. Okay. Now, uh, a little over a year ago, we, 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 we had a conversation in Jeddah. And you had, I mean, you, I mean, you had barely came into an, um, to the office. Mm-hmm. Now... Uh, sitting back and a year from that you've launched your new marketing strategy mm-hmm. you've launched your your bigger uh, you know transformational uh, agenda mm-hmm. in terms of your driving force as a minister mm-hmm. I mean you were from the private sector coming into this and what would be that thing that would keep you going to ensure that there's some footprints that uh, uh, people would remember you for well, I think what, what is important and what has been lacking in my sector for a very long time is the infrastructure. And I realized that uh, I probably started running before I could walk. And, and sometimes when, when that happens, you'll actually find that you, you might just get to injure yourself. Now, what, what that simply means is that I was, I was very quick to start inviting in visitors before I had the requisite infrastructure, before I had the requisite hotels, before I had the requisite staffing access and all that. Now we've gone back to the drawing board and we've actually realized, but there was no harm in actually starting to run before I could actually walk. So what we've actually done now is we've recognized that there's need for infrastructure. And as my trademark uh, dictates, in the next few weeks, we have been talking to the World Bank to see how best we could access a concessional loan in the tune of about 100 million. And we fall long you actually be seeing that most of these issues that we were talking about in terms of access to our, our tourist sites, what I would like to call our unique sites, access into uh, connectivity matters, 
uh, hotels will be a thing of the past because we are now looking at having to have minimal infrastructure development in those particular areas which we call the points of interest. So in terms of my legacy, in the next one or two years, I'll probably just say before our first term actually ends as a UPND, you should be able to see meaningful uh, infrastructure development in Kafue National, well not Kafue National Park rather, in Kasaba Bay up in the Northern Circuit, uh, in the Uwa National Park, the home of the biggest wood, uh, second biggest wilderness migration, as well as the Zambezi source, where that whole Victoria Falls stems from. So those are some of the projects that we already lined up already. And because of that also, in terms of legacy, we're saying, once we're brewing those three things that I've just talked about, we have given extreme incentives to our private sector so that they are able to now source for foreign direct investment to come and invest in Zambia. We've made it extremely favorable for our local entrepreneurs to partner with foreigners to set up accommodation establishments, to set up uh, private game ranches, to set up uh, private activities around tourism. So what you actually see today is that everybody now wants to do business in tourism because of the incentives that we've given out to make sure that they are able to uh, make money out of it. And finally, I mean, we're having this event at this uh, amazing convention center. Mm -hmm. uh, does it speak to your mind span and does it speak to what you want to do? And then just to, 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 to put the two together, you also spoke about the nightlife, which mm -hmm. usually people don't pay attention to in terms of its mm -hmm. economic impact, mm -hmm. as well as you are taking keen interest in arts festivals. Mm -hmm. How are you diversifying the product to ensure that it's touching different segments of the market? Well, I'm glad that you, you brought up that question. What, what we've actually found out, and when we were scoping the, the tourism business in Zambia, we realized that, yes, you can have your leisure customers coming in. They're just the normal tourists who would come with their families and so forth. But I think what is important also is that we realize that there's more value you'd get out of the business tourists. Now, it's a two-pronged approach. The business tourists would, one, spend more money because obviously they, they've, they've got a fat wallet. Number two, they have an opportunity of seeing investment opportunity in that particular location that they are in. So because of that, we have opened our doors to create destinations for mice, meetings, incentives, conferences, and exhibitions here in Zambia. And the two specific locations we have is Lusaka and Livingstone. And we have deliberately and intentionally created a convention center here in Osaka, and we deliberately created more bed space. From the time that I got, got moved into government, for Livingstone we've added an additional 200 beds. The first Radisson resort in Africa was opened in Livingstone. So that in itself speaks to what we're trying to achieve. Now, any tourists who come through here for business, Obviously, if they're coming for any mice kind of business, it simply means that they'll see the destination. One of two things come out. They'll either go back home and tell the family about that destination, and then they'll be, it will be on their cards. Or this particular individual would have found an opportunity to partner with somebody to do any form of business. It could be in tourism or whatever it is. And that's what we're trying to target. But more so, if a client comes into the country... You can only do so much. There has to be something that you can be able to do afterwards. 
and that is a nightlife. So what we've decided to do is to within the ministry is we've identified that festivals also are a draw card for all intents and purposes. People are looking out for where it's happening, where there's there's fun, where it's hype. And we've actually seen it happen in Livingstone. Not so long ago, during the four days break, we had an amazing event co-hosted between ourselves, Zambia and Zimbabwe, where we had the Vic Force Carnival. Yes. And, and, and what we actually did was just to open up the borders in the two countries and we had a free flow of people. Guess what that did to us? We had more people staying in Livingstone, we had more people staying in Zimbabwe. And remember, within the region, we've told ourselves to say we should not compete, we should collaborate. And, and we are complementing each other to the extent where <clears throat> today we are in talks. I'll be actually going to Zimbabwe next uh, in the next two days and the discussion i'm having with my colleague there is how best can we complement each other with the big meetings that we're having we are getting requests for a thousand five hundred people to have meetings in, in in livingstone we can't accommodate those so we're saying zimbabwe same applies zimbabwe says we have a thousand five hundred we can't accommodate them so we get to share and then be able to now facilitate border control so we have uh uh, the onerous is on us to see how best we could now start selling those, the mice business, the nightlife, as well as festivals in our countries to make sure that we generate. Remember, <clears throat> today's world, the young ones are the ones who determine where the, whole, the next holiday destination. If we reach out to that particular segment of the market, we should be able to see our numbers spiking. Personally, on a personal level, do you feel a lot of expectation of you coming from the private sector? <laughs> You know, I, I keep joking with my, <laughs> whenever I'm having meetings, most people will just tell you, I say, look, I was a, a little bit vocal when I was in the private sector, <laughs> castigating government of what they're not doing. And as fate may have it, God decides to now put me in government. And I'm going back to tell them, I said, look, you people don't understand government. <laughs> so it's, it's a damned if you do it, damned if you don't. So, but I mean, uh, what is important now is that we've created the dialogue platform okay which is now able to let us just sit down around the table and just agree to disagree. So we've, we've, we've decided to find some common ground okay. with private sector today. And, and unfortunately, or is it fortunately, the expectation from private sector is that I'm one of their own. So certain things should move two times, three times faster yes. than any ordinary uh, minister in there. But yes, I will endeavor to push them at least times one time faster, not two, to just make sure that everything runs smoothly. On the UNWTO level, which Zambia has been very active, mm-hmm. what do you see bringing on the table and how, how do you want to continue to consolidate the, the, the rich history of uh, you know, Zambia's you know, working in international <coughs> Well, I think, I think we, as Zambia, I, I know we, we still have the mandate until about 2025, and obviously we'll probably seek uh, re- re-election onto the, onto the Executive Council. But I think what we would like to use the platform under the UWTO is to make sure that, for number one, the destination is known. For two fronts and two fronts only, we have we've had, had op- uh, opportunities to actually sell Zambia as, as, a, as an investment destination. And that's what we're looking out for. We, we strongly believe as government that uh, foreign direct investment is one such opportunity that you need to use to actually grow an economy in the absence of your own money. And it's cheap money, if I can call it that way, 
because money outside Zambia obviously is much much cheaper than we could actually get it from a from from a commercial bank here. So we are looking at how best we could leverage on the UNWT UNWTO platform to actually tap into the investment market that exists. I've had conversations and discussions with the Secretary General, of which <coughs> I know that they've been talking about having to create a circuit, uh, probably London, Paris, and 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 the UAE, where we get investment gurus, we get clients, there are deal rooms, <coughs> we sit there, we showcase what we have within our investment portfolio, and then we, we sell. That way, you'll be able to now start seeing that the, the tourism sector in Zambia will start to grow, even without touching the fiscals, and that is exactly what we want to do. And then more so, I mean, if it's not fun, then it's not tourism. I think from, from what we've gathered from the, from the UNWTO sitting in the Executive Council, and also having to be exposed to the various uh, cultures that exist today is something that I'll be able to come back home and then get you able to replicate and see how best we could take the country to another level. Level.